Welcome to A Certain Age, a show for women who are unafraid to age out loud. You know that feeling you get when you crack open a book and the first line rivets your attention, the first paragraph hooks you deeper, and by the time you're two, three pages in, you feel like you're in a conversation with a fabulous new friend? My guest today is that magic writer, Tamsin Fidel, a TV evening news anchor who chronicles a painful divorce and the rebuilding of her life in her book, The New Single, Finding, Fixing, and Falling Back in Love with Yourself After a Breakup or Divorce. Part confessional, part manual, the new single provides practical tips for women on reclaiming their lives and identities when a relationship ends. Tamsin is also the host of the podcast, Coming Up Next, which helps people boldly approach the next stage of their lives. If you are struggling with the end of an important relationship, if you want to reprioritize your relationship with yourself, or if you simply want new tools to energize future you, stick around. This is a show for you. Welcome, Tamsin. Hi, thanks so much for having me. I'm, I'm really excited. Uh, your book hooked me from the jump. I am not kidding oh. when I say by the second line, I was all in. Uh, I would love it if you oh. could share with our listeners, you know, how you opened your book, The New Single, and why you wrote the book. Yeah, you know, um, it's funny. When I wrote this, I, I wasn't intending to even really write a book. Um, I was just trying to get through a divorce, a really uh, messy divorce, a, a scary divorce, and one I was certainly not expecting. But I had to do certain things to... Um, to figure out how to get there, how to get to the end and get back to who I was and who I wanted to be going forward. And that was, that was really the reason for it. And then I realized that I was not alone going through it. And when you realize you're not alone going through something and you're actually able to help people um, with different stories I had told, just kind of going through life, I said, like, I think there's something here and I gotta, I've got to put that down. And, you know, and, th and that's where it started. And I, I don't know that it's a, you know, a lot of people thought it was going to be like how to date again book. And that, that wasn't what it was. It was like how to fall in love with myself again, or just like myself again. Yeah, absolutely. Cause you, you opened by saying that, you know, you got married in the New York times, they covered it. You were a TV personality. You got divorced on the, you know, the page, uh, page six Post. in the New York post. <laughs> and that's like, nobody wants to go through that. And it was a very bruising public, um, experience, but you, 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 use the opportunity to to sort of write your ship and get yourself back on track. You share in your book that your dad said something to you that had never made sense to you, but in, in going through your divorce, you got clarity. He said, it's better to be alone than lonely with somebody. And uh, you eventually got there and you created your book as a guide to help others get there too. I would love it if you could give us a quick overview of how your book is structured and what it offers in terms of tools. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, like I was saying, this is not a book that I wanted to say, hey, get back out there and date. And here's five dating tips to do that. You know, I had run a matchmaking business with my now ex-husband. And so we had learned a lot in terms of understanding dating, the dating environment, the dating world. And um, so but but that wasn't what I wanted to talk about and where I wanted to come from. So it was important to me to give somebody something actionable to take away, right? There's not going to be, uh, it's not going to be a same size fits all for everybody. But I feel like if you know that you can do something in a small amount of time, achieve that, I think you can get to the next thing a little bit easier. And that's what was important for me. So I do it in 90 day increments. That's what I felt 
was habit forming. That's what I felt like I could deal with and actually be able to function doing. And so I split up the book like that because that seemed to me to be the way that I could survive. And I called that, you know, survival mode. The first, you know, the first 90 days, I needed to make sure that I could get through those. And then I had the next 90 days and the next 90 days. But what was important for me was to have a little bit of wellness. And when I wrote the book, I don't think wellness was quite such a thrown around term, but but what it was for me is making sure that I got my mind, my body, my soul back physically, mentally, so I could function. And, you know, those things take time. And if you try to go do them all at once and say, like, I'm just going to fix this or I'm going to ignore it or I'm going to just get back out there and start dating again. I don't think you ever get to who you are and you start you make those same mistakes over and over again. And the last thing I wanted to do was be right back where I was because I had met the same kind of person, done the same kind of thing, hadn't done the work and hadn't done the lessons in myself. Yeah. And the book offers so many wonderful lessons. I love the way it's structured in these sort of 90 day increments because it feels manageable. I mean, you open with surviving the first 90 days, very practical, like how not to call your ex, why to plan mm-hmm. your time, how to eat, pray and unplug. And and then you move through. And the, the part of the book that I think really like resonated with me too is ideas for kind of reclaiming uh, your identity and falling back in love with yourself, right? Because you you literally mm-hmm. say in the book, learn to love the sound of I. You have a section yes. called Sexy Self-Talk, which I thought was <laughs> genius. And I would love it if you could tell us more about that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, it's it's it was very difficult for me at, at one point to go, uh, yeah, party of one at the restaurant, please. And you know, I'm I'm an I now, no longer a we. And you know, we weren't married that long, but we had been together for a very very long time. So it was really important that I took that back. I spent a lot of time writing about it, focusing on it, living in the present, because I really wanted to be able to thrive into my future. And that that was important to me. And I was working, you know, at the same time full-time job. I was I'm on the air and I wanted to make sure that this didn't bleed over into that, even though that's impossible. Uh, I wanted to, you know, do the best for myself because I was the only one I had to rely on moving forward. And there's a real strength in that. There's a real strength in understanding it and then living it. And then with the sexy self-talk, I thought, you know, we always talk about the word sex and sexy and attractive and romance. We do all of those for somebody else, but we don't do them for ourselves. And I think that that was really, really important. So I tried to not have my self-talk be that negative self-talk because let me tell you something, your ears hear it, your ears hear everything that comes out of your mouth. And, you know, that's not just what other people hear. It's what you hear too. And my, my stepmother taught me that lesson a long time ago. And I thought, wow. If I'm running around saying, you know, my marriage is a bad idea, the finances were terrible, he was terrible, it was awful, your ears hear that. So over time, I realized that that was really becoming um, self-destructive and and locking me into a place that I didn't want to be. So, um, you know, I I made some changes so I could make sure and and protect my ears (laughs) with the uh, sexy self-talk. So I did things like not confide in everybody all the time. You know, I tried to decide what I wanted. I tried to only fix myself, not try to fix other people. I tried to make sure that I went out by myself and was okay with that. I was out in nature as much as I could be. And, you know, and I, and it was also important for me to like myself, not just love myself. And, um, I almost regret every once in a while, I didn't put that in the title because I think that that was a huge part of it is liking myself first. Yeah, absolutely. And and you actually list out some of the selfie, the sexy self-talk, you know, phrases that you said to yourself, like, you know, I can do this and you're more than a relationship. And you, you brainstormed a, a long list of 
of uh, phrases that I would encourage all listeners to go go look at and also to um, have listeners do this for themselves. You know, the inner voice in our head sometimes focuses on what's going wrong and is negative and critical. And to really take the power of positive talk to, uh, you know, put yourself back on your feet, I thought was such a wonderful tactical tip. And your, your book is chock full of them. One of the things I wanted to ask you about is that for, for women who are listening to this show, you know, divorce is very common. People also lose spouses, you know, to, um, to illness. Uh, for people who are thinking about getting back in the, the dating game right now, once they, once they do the work that you outline and regain their equilibrium, what are some of your recommendations? Because you do offer tactical ones. You shared a story of a friend who wanted to date after her 12-year marriage collapse, but said, you know, I'm no longer going to a trendy bar. And she learned that if she went to professional events in her field of, of interest and work, that she could connect with people that were like-minded. What are what is some other advice that you might offer to a woman right now who's listening is thinking, I would love to start dating again, but I've got no idea how to begin. Yeah, that's such a common question, you know, and um, the pandemic changed a lot of things. It, it clearly has. I, I think that uh, for me, the most important thing, first of all, after you have done that work, and, and I think after you do that work, you have a different sense of confidence. You know, you have a different understanding of who you are and who you want to be surrounded by. And I think the most important thing to do is make sure you keep those value systems in place. I mean, this is an exciting time for uh, women and men who are in, in midlife and are, are in this period of life. I mean, this is an age where, you know, we've never been before. We've never been so young and so inspired and so ready for our next chapter. So I think that if you know that, and you know that that's what you want to go after, that's a, you need to not, um, you need not forget that just because you get caught up in a moment, you know, with, with my situation, I got remarried at 50 years old and it took me a while. You know, it took me a long time to get back out there and really say, I was going to commit to, uh, you know, getting married again. I never, I never thought I was going to, I, I, I love love. However, I wasn't sure, sure I wanted to walk down an aisle again. So I think if you want to get back out there, you know, it's important to keep that value system in place. I think it's important to let people know that you're available and looking but you're not just looking to get out there on a date. You know, you really, you have a, a type of person or a type of lifestyle that you want, because that's where, you know, that's where we kind of are at this age, whether you're going through what they like to call great divorces, I don't love that word, but, um, or you're going through a, you know, a loss. I think that is important that you don't just get back out there and date 50 people. It's not like when we were 20 years old, I think it's important to know, you know, the type of person you want to go after. So for example, do you want to travel a lot? You know, don't go, you know, I wouldn't be, I'd let somebody know you're going after that and you don't want to sit at home every night. Sure. Or do you want to sit at home every night? Maybe you don't want somebody that has four houses or, or around the country. So I think it's important to um, have that confidence in who you are, embrace that. And that's the type of person that you look for. So let people know who you're looking for. Look, there's nothing wrong with the online dating sites, but I think you have to be reasonable about it and not think that every single one of those dates is going to end up with in a big relationship because I think we can lose a lot of time in that as well. Yeah, that makes that's 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 really great advice is to really do the inventory, figure out what type of person you'd want to meet where you are now, because you might want somebody very different from your spouse. If you do have that wanderlust and want to get going and get up and travel, or if you're looking to, you know. Uh, nest and spend time with your children or your grandchildren, you know, you might want somebody who's more settled and perhaps more local. So it's super smart to do that. Mm -hmm. I, I love the way your book really focused. And one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the show, because your book is about 
And you've written several books, uh, but the new single, the one that I'm talking about today, is really about um, you know reinventing yourself after a relationship ends. Your, your two earlier mm-hmm. books were about how to find relationships, perhaps when you were younger. But your books go really beyond simply relationships. It's about shifting of identity, which is what really connected with me. Uh, because as we are in midlife, we are shifting our identities as well. I mean, you say in your book, your identity is don't be wrapped up in being single or married or a couple or a widow. You have to, you know, create your own identity. We have to recreate our identities as we age, too, because we move from being, you know, young to old. Um, perhaps if we are mothers, we move from being a day-to-day mom to an empty nester. We might be moving mm-hmm. into um, retirement, right? We might be moving into, you know, the approaching grandparenthood. And, and shifting gears can be hard. What is your yeah. coaching uh, on shifting our mindset to embrace our new circumstances as we age? You know, it's interesting. Um, I didn't realize how much my divorce, I'm so glad you asked me that because I, I didn't realize how much my divorce impacted what was going to happen next in my life in terms of transition. I never thought about the word transition, whether it be career or uh, age, quite frankly, or, you know, or, or where we are as we figure out our what's next, you know, what, what our next chapter looks like or our second act. And so I, I think that we, we all do this, right? We all, I, identify with something. So I say oftentimes when someone says who, you know, um, hi, my name is Tamsin. I'm a TV journalist. And so we label ourselves and I think we box ourselves in oftentimes. And so what I'm trying to do anyway, is not do that, is not put those three things after my name with commas. I mean, you know, as a former journalist, like, you know, you're, you're a storyteller, you're, you're asking questions, you're inquisitive, you're an interviewer, you're not just locked up into a, a one box. And I think it's important that we don't do that as we shift into this next person, chapter, act, whoever we are going to be next. And, you know, we figure out what it is we want and we are patient with ourselves because it's a, it's scary to transition, whether you're transitioning out of a a divorce, whether you are newly widowed, whether you're trying to figure out your career, whether you've just turned 50, you know, for me, I've turned 50, I hit menopause. I got married. I'm like, which one am I? I don't know who to identify with. I have a trifecta of identities I can choose from. Hold on. I have a whole list. And, uh, but I, I think sometimes we box ourselves into that and then we get lost. Right. And then we maybe don't live to our full potential because we do that with ourselves. And so I'm, I'm trying to, to learn how to do that for myself. And I'm trying to teach that as well and trying to spread that, spread that message. And, um, you know, I know, I know you use the word bold and, and I do too, because I, I feel like that that's what it is. I feel like we're unlocking that bold part of ourselves uh, again, that maybe we haven't taken out in a long time as we move into, you know, what a lot of people think is an invisible age, because I sure don't think it is. No, absolutely not. We're here to, to reframe that because we're, you know, the women that come on my show are, they're experts, they're advocates, they're second acts, they're what's nexters, you know, not, not, you know, getting to midlife, you know, has its own sort of unique challenges. We do go through body changes and menopause and relationships. I'm not saying it's all like rainbows and unicorns, but it's an incredibly vibrant time. I would love mm-hmm. to hear you, you You use the word, uh, the phrase unlocking bold, which I absolutely love. <laughs> Your show is called mm-hmm. Coming Up Next. What does unlocking mm-hmm. bold mean to you? Yeah. Uh, un- unlock your bold. You know, here, here's how I came up with that. Right. And I thought about it. I said, wow. And this was a few years ago. I said, I'm not, I'm not like that person I used to be who was really cool and bold and jump without nets and didn't care and didn't care what other people thought. I've all of a sudden become very concerned and, and, and saying things like, 
I'm too old to X, Y, Z, or I'm still trying to figure it out, or I can't do this at 50, or I shouldn't wear this at 51, or I'm too old for this. Like those things make me cringe. And so unlocking your bold really is what it is of knowing that you're not invisible and you're not isolated and you have a voice and it's all okay. And you don't have to feel overwhelmed and we don't have to grow old gracefully. We're living our lives. And I think that this is an exciting time because your stock hasn't gone down. You know, the world is not no longer looking at you. In fact, the demographic of 50 is unbelievable in the workplace. We're in a place where people are relevant and visible and are not alone. And that's what's exciting to me. So when I say unlock your bold, I say move through that next door, unlock it, go through it. Don't be afraid to move forward. You know, what's next? Anything you want is what's next. I absolutely could not agree more. I'm so excited. When we come back from this quick break, which we're moving into, I want to hear what's in store for you and, you know, with a TV career as a woman who is, is aging and your perspective of what it means to age out loud on television. You know I'm all about aging without apology, so I was thrilled to connect with Electra Health, a company focused on smashing the taboos around menopause. This female-founded brand is all about evidence-based menopause expertise and care. No pseudoscience allowed. If you've ever been to a doctor's appointment that lasted just five minutes and you found yourself with a million more questions than you started with, you're not alone. Electra is here to make menopause care easier to understand, more accessible, and much more supportive. They offer a real metamorphosis, which is also the name of their platform. Electra's metamorphosis community offers educational resources, tips, and science-backed solutions for managing menopause alongside a private community of women. Your membership includes regular community events and discounted online visits with Electra's clinicians. And the Member Plus program even offers unlimited access to a personal Electra guide. Think of her as a menopause doula. Electra has an amazing offer for certain age listeners, 25% off its Metamorphosis program. Use code Katie25 at checkout. Head to ourlectrahealth.com to jumpstart your holistic menopause journey. Or find the VIP link in our show notes over on acertainagepod.com. Tamson, we're back. You talked about unlocking bold, you know, just really putting your hand on that doorknob, opening it, moving forward boldly and, you know, sort of um, with excitement into this next phase. You work in a field that is historically, you know, tough on on both women and men as they age. I would love to hear from you what it's like to work on TV as a woman who is aging and, and you're doing it publicly. You are aging out loud. Yeah, I wasn't though for a long time. I was really afraid. I remember I was in Philadelphia and I sat next to this woman that I, you know, she was about 10, 10 or 12 years older than me. And I remember her saying, Hey, when you get to be about 40, 35, 40, 45, you know, you better start thinking about what's next for you because, uh, you know, women age out of this a lot faster than men and you're going to have an older man on the air and a young girl next to him and it might not be you. And I thought, oh my gosh, she's right. And so for years, I, and you know, as well as I do, we've seen this. We've all seen Um, this. Yes. Yeah. And I, I, for years, I woke up thinking, my gosh, is today the day I'm going to be irrelevant? Is it not going to matter anymore? Are they going to kick me out to pasture? And then I realized maybe, you know, I think 
the divorce did a lot for me in terms of uh, made me see things differently. I had a lot of financial issues I had to deal with as a result of it on my own. I was very scared for a long time. I was very resentful. Um, And I think it made me see like, hey, I can do anything. And so when I started aging and I, you know, I do the evening news and I never said my age. And then all of a sudden I thought, what am I hiding? Like I'm asking other people to be open and honest and tell me their stories and I'm hiding mine. What the heck is going on? And so I started doing that out loud and I got a little pushback from it. Like some people didn't want to hear that. Some people didn't want to know my age. Some people, some of the men that were watching didn't think it was so hot to be 45 and 46 and 47, 51. And so, uh, and it made me prouder, scared at first and then prouder. And then I went through menopause because I had a a big incident uh, at work. It was about a year and a half, almost two years ago now. And I had a anxiety attack and a hot flash and my heart racing out of control. And I couldn't read the prompter. I got off the set and I went and laid down literally on the bathroom floor and never finished the newscast that night. Wow. And, um, and it was a part of menopause and severe symptoms that I didn't know I needed to be addressing, I guess. And didn't even, I'd never talked to anybody about menopause. My mother died when I was young. Um, and I, uh, and I realized at that time, like, wow, this is a whole nother topic to be talking about. Like I, I am a woman in this age going through this. And if you don't like it, I don't know what to say. Right. So, um, I've been really vocal about it. I've talked a lot about it. I have a YouTube channel. I talk about menopause on all the time. I talk about aging and I just feel like, um, there's some people that are going to like it. Some people that aren't. And I am, uh, I am, lucky enough to be working with people that are accepting of that and encourage it. I have a female boss that I just love and she, you know, cheers me on about it. So I I find it to be an exciting time for a woman at this age in my career versus 15 years ago, I would have been scared to death right now. I would have been trying to figure out anything else to just get out of there so they didn't, you know, kick me out the door right away. I adore everything that you've shared, Tamsin, honestly, because I really oh. feel like things are not going to change until people require them to change. You know, we see that with yeah. every kind of social movement. And ageism mm-hmm. is one of the last isms that, you know, people kind of overlook. And you know, people yep. are not going to, you know, you're going to look at people who are older and not feel comfortable because if if they're fearful and they're hiding it and it's something to be you know be, be hidden away it's not the, the narrative will never shift unless people require it to shift and and people like you who are aging out loud who are using your platform to talk about things like menopause has been going on you know since as long as it, like for millennia <laughs> right i mean this has been this is an issue and it's been going on for women in the workplace and women have been aging forever. And we should be able to do it out loud. We should be able to do it publicly. You know, this is um, expertise should be embraced. You know, experience should be (laughs) celebrated. Uh, It should not be overlooked. So I absolutely uh, adore that you're doing this out loud and on TV and and through your podcast. So tell us a little bit more about coming up next. What is that uh, designed to do? If our listeners were to tune into that because they are podcast fans, what could they expect to, to be hearing? What kind of stories are you sharing? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Thanks for asking me that. Um, You know, coming up next came from the words that I say every night. I'm constantly coming up next. We're going to do this and coming up next. And I said, well, what's coming up next for all of us uh, after this certain age? And so that's that's how it it came about. But, you know, what I've tried to do on there is share stories of people that are in that next chapter and or or helping people get into that next chapter. So whether or not it's somebody that has retired from one job and is starting an incredibly other career, uh, we have that. I've talked to brain coaches. I've talked to 
perimenopause experts. We have uh, shared stories of people that are really about pro-aging right now and are helping all of us unlock our bold and figure out what is next. And these are people that are relevant, that are smart, that are moving the, you know, moving the ball forward for all of us. They're making sure that ageism is not a thing. And uh, I love it. And it feels like a little bit of a call to action, you know, for people to come forward and share those stories. And I, I get excited about those stories, you know, um, Every time I talk to somebody new, I, I'm like, this is a story. This is my favorite story. <laughs> and I, then I have another guest. I'm like, no, 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 this is my favorite story. So I, I, you know, coming up next is about that. It is those stories for people to help them figure out whatever that next act is. You know, I like seeing people live out loud. I like that next stage of life being done boldly. We have thought leaders in aging and menopause and relationships and beauty and divorce. And uh, we have, we have one woman that talks about narcissism and understanding how to negotiate that in life. Uh, roaring into the second half of your life. I interviewed recently Michael Clinton, an author who's incredible talking about that. Um, uh, another woman that uh, talks to people about why they should unfollow their passion as they get older. Exciting, exciting stories that she has. She just published a book. So that's what coming up next is all about is to figure out and inspire your next act and how to live your best life. I love that. So if you if someone's listening to the show and thinking, you know, I'm ready to try something on for size, you know, I need a career shift or I want to because I, I, I've the women that come on the show do, you know, have share similar stories. You know, it's a lawyer who left lawyering to publish a New York Times bestseller at 50. It's a um, a woman who was a stay-at-home parent for more than a decade and launched her multi-million dollar events company at 47, right? You know, there's inspiration is all around us. There's so many people up to amazing things. If someone's listening right now and saying, you know, I've got an idea, I've got a notion, I've got a company, I've got a, a passion, you know, but I just need a few like, concrete tips. How would you put them in motion? How, how would you encourage them to get in action? Yeah, absolutely. I actually have five um, hacks on my website, unlock your bold and start writing your next act, because I feel like that's kind of what I know how to do is the writing part of it. Right. And so, I, and I put those together, but you know, I would start by saying, stop waiting for things to get better. Like you've got to do it now. If, if you have an idea that like kind of blows your hair back and you, <laughs> and you, you really want to do that, that's, that's what you need to do. You have to stop waiting for things to get better. We oftentimes wait for things to be perfect. And that is, especially and, and women, I think, especially women, women, right. women think they have to be perfect to get going. And, and, you know, men, you, you hear this, they're, they're always applying for the job if they've got like seven out of the 12 qualifications, you know, so yep, hundred percent. So I, I'll give you the five tips fast. And then, you know, I have a more, uh, I have more of it written out on the site and you can download that. It's free. But, you know, I think the first thing is declutter your mind, like figure out what you want. If this is about you and this is what you're looking to do, you need to declutter it, write it down get real with it. And then second, be honest with it. What are your goals with this? What do you want a year from now? What do you want a week from now? What do you want your someday to look like? Cause that someday is today. So you got to figure out what it is you really want. Do you want to be able to travel? Do you want freedom? Do you want to do all your work on zoom? Do you want to be able to stay home with your kids? Do you want to, you know, I don't know, date 10 people, I, whatever it is that you want, you've got to be honest about that. Quit comparing yourself. We live in this age of social media that is, you know, I, as a Gen Xer, I didn't grow up with it. I had to grow into it and learn it. So I feel like I was almost lucky in some ways that I didn't see what everyone else was doing. So it made me bold. And now I see what everyone else is doing. And every once in a while, it paralyzes you, right? So I think yes. you have to stop comparing yourself. And somebody gave me really good advice the other day. They said, every time you are working on you, and you find yourself get distracted by social media, reset a timer, like have a timer there, reset the timer. So you realize how long you're actually doing the work that you're supposed to be doing. 
So you can do your time block of work for 15 minutes. And if you find yourself distracted because you start scrolling on TikTok, reset the timer and start over again and force yourself to sit down and be honest with yourself about what you're, you know, what you're working on. Um, again, I mentioned live your someday today, but I think that's a big deal. We all say like, someday I'm going to take a class and learn a new language, have a business or call XYZ. That day is today. I, that lesson was taught to me several different times, but especially when my mother died uh, when I was 20. And then I say, you know, step number five is don't be perfect. Be pleased. Be happy with the fact that you are working toward achieving your goals. Give yourself a little, little steps, little steps, little steps to get to that next thing. That's how I've written every book. That's how I've launched every podcast. That's how I've done every video I've ever done or gotten every job. And I think that um, it's important for all of us to do that and not, and not, and not get distracted and trying to be perfect. I, I adore that notion. Don't be perfect. Be pleased. And that, that, that is um, words to live by. You, you, you mentioned that your mom, uh, you know, passed away when you were young, you were 20. Uh, I saw mm-hmm. your recent Instagram posts since I'm following you over there that you recently turned 51. Your, your own mom died before that. How did losing a parent at a young age affect the way you see aging? Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Uh, fearful. I, I was, I, I always thought my, you know, I never thought of 50, 51 as midlife. I thought that as the end of life. Right. So for me, those were very, those were scary years for other reasons, along with the typical scary reasons. Right. And so that was hard for me, but, but what it did do is make me appreciate all of these little moments. Right. And I appreciate it every single day that I, I get to the next one. And I appreciate when I can pick up the phone and call my 82 year old father to this day, you know, I really appreciate that beyond uh, beyond anything. It is a, it is a big deal for me. And I said, thank you. Every time he picks up the phone, you know, and I know he's there. So I think that that's changed a lot. And I think that it also, uh, made me realize that we don't, we don't have forever. You know, we really don't, we're not promised tomorrow and nobody is. And I think that if you want to do something, you better start doing it right now. I absolutely adore that, Tamson. If you want to start doing something, do it right now. Get up, get going. We all have those things that are percolating in the back of their mind. And I will share with our listeners that I thought about launching a podcast for two years. And I told mm-hmm. myself I was going to do it when I turned 50. I was going to do two things. I was going to launch a podcast and I was going to have a fabulous party with all the women in my life that I love. And I had the fabulous party. <laughs> and then hey. all of a sudden I was like, wait a minute. I didn't know you. I would have loved to come. You would have been there. You would have totally been there. But all of a sudden I looked at the calendar and I thought, oh my God, I'm turning 51 in 30 days and I haven't launched my podcast. And you know what I did? I booked what? Four recording studio, you know, I threw some money at it. I booked four sessions. I called four guests. I told anyone who would listen, anyone who stood too close to me, like on the supermarket line, I'm like, I'm launching a podcast. And I did it. Because I, you know, I, what am I waiting for? I've been talking about this for two I, years. I mean, this show got up in, you know, in a week's time because I was finally like, get going. And I did. So oh, I love that. People I love are listening right it. now and they're thinking to themselves, you know, there's that thing and you all know what it is because we all have one thing that we've been meaning to do. So go and do it. I adore that advice. Tamron, we're, we're nearing the end of our time, t- uh, you know, together, but I want to do a quick speed round. We always close with this because I could, you know, talk to my guests forever and I want to make sure we, you know, go out on a high note and share some more with our listeners. So I'd love to dive into that if you're ready. Mm-hmm, absolutely. So this is a quick, just one or two word answer to these questions. So writing the new single taught me that I am. Brave. Love it. Dream podcast guest. Dream podcast 
Yes. I want Brene Brown like everybody else. (laughs) Yes. Unlocking Bold is a continuous evolution. What is the last new thing you tried or learned? The last new thing I tried or learned. Oh, gosh. How to shoot my own videos on a new Sony camera. It was so scary. (laughs) You know, you can learn anything with Google. I think, you know, there's just I know. everything's I know. at Thank our fingertips. You. It's ex- it's <laughs> we live in an exciting time. All right. Best lifestyle hack for feeling bold. Oh, best lifestyle hack for feeling bold. I started taking a cold shower in the morning. I don't know why, but it it energizes me to a whole new level. And I was taught, I was taught it was good for your circulation and good for your skin. And any, any that tells me anything is good for my skin, I do it. So I started that. It's also good for your hair. It makes it shiny. I've heard that as well. Oh, good. It closes the hair cuticle, which is uh, another reason. (laughs) Cold showers, everyone. Okay. A a mantra that keeps you grounded or gets you going? Unlock your bold. Unlock your bold. Perfect. Finally, our last one. One thing you plan to do before your next birthday. Mm, One thing I plan to do before my next birthday. I'm going back to Italy. And I'm continuing to grow my YouTube channel because I'm meeting incredible women there and I just love it. All right, everyone, head to Tamsin's YouTube channel. I will put that in the show notes. Show notes can be found over on a certainagepod.com. It has all the links to the shows. It will have links to Tam, uh, Tamsin's book. It will have links to her podcast and will have a complete transcript of this show. But before we say I'm goodbye. I'm so excited with what you're doing. Yeah. I have to just, I just have to say that. Oh, Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. I Get out of bed every Monday. So excited to connect with my guests. Uh, But before we say goodbye, how can a certain age listeners find you, your podcast, and keep following your work? Absolutely. Uh, TamsonFidel.com and uh, TamsonFidelTV on YouTube. Thank you, Tamson. This wraps A Certain Age, a show for women who are aging without apology. Join me next Monday when author and activist Deepa Prashathaman shares her pivot from corporate life to advocacy for diversity and inclusion in the workplace and beyond. Before we say goodbye, I have a favor to ask. Please take a minute to rate or review A Certain Age over on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. This is super easy to do. Just find A Certain Age on your podcast app, scroll down to the bottom and tap on the stars to rate or leave a written review. Both matter. Reviews and ratings help the show grow. Special thanks to Michael Mancini, who composed and produced our theme music. See you next time. And until then, age boldly, beauties.